Thank you, Maureen. That was beautiful. And Olivia, I loved that on the violin. What a wonderful program. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1. We do have our new Bibles in the chair in front of you. If you don't have a Bible with you, I hope that you'll use one of those. You can actually see these now, larger font. So that's a blessing. Thank you, men, for putting those out this week. It's page 1341 in your pew Bible. You want to use that? Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1. A little girl came home from Sunday school triumphantly waving a paper. Mommy, she said, my teacher says I drew the most unusual Christmas picture she's ever seen. The mother studied the picture for a moment and concluded it was indeed a very peculiar Christmas picture. This is wonderfully drawn, but why have you made all of these people riding on the back of an airplane, the mother asked. It's the flight into Egypt, the little girl said, with a hint of disappointment that the picture's meaning was not immediately obvious. Oh, the mother said cautiously. Well, who is this mean-looking man at the front? That's Pontius, the pilot, the girl said, now visibly impatient. I see. And here you have Mary and Joseph and the baby, the mother volunteered, studying the picture silently for a moment. She summoned the courage to ask, but who is this fat man sitting behind Mary? The little girl sighed. Can't you tell? That's round John Virgin. So, you know, when we think about some of these Bible stories, these the, the recounting of these things, sometimes people understand what's going on, but sometimes we don't. And I think we have a situation like that with Joseph. The thing that we need to remember is that these are real people. Mary was a a real young lady. Joseph was a proud young man. And the Bible says he was a righteous man, a just man. Imagine what Joseph was going through at the announcement of, of Jesus Christ's birth. So let's look at that a little bit this morning. It, it's interesting that in Matthew's gospel, the writer under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit puts Joseph out front. So look at Matthew chapter 1. Let's start reading in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Lord, help us. As we look at this very familiar story, 
And Father, help us to have a deeper understanding of it. In Jesus' name, amen. It is interesting that, as I said a minute ago, that Matthew, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because it's what God wanted him to write, put Joseph at the front of this account. And when we say the word story, it's not like Hansel and Gretel. This this is an actual event, actual people. This is history, and it's the greatest history in the history of the world that Jesus Christ came. But think about this. More space is devoted to Joseph's pain and hesitation, his consideration for Mary, the divine communication to him and his obedience, than to the miracle of Jesus' birth itself. That's significant. Remember, we have in our, in our Bible study principles something called the principle of measured words. The Bible says if, if all the works that Jesus had done were written down, then I suppose the books of the world could not contain it. That's not just hyperbole as we have studied before. But Jesus Christ, all of, he has done, the books of the world couldn't contain it if every book in the world contained just the words about Jesus Christ. And so God chose a limited number of words in a limited space to communicate us to communicate to us this information. And so it's significant that God took this much space to talk about Joseph. And so what I want us to look at today is the faith of Joseph. Imagine the faith it took for Joseph to accomplish what he accomplished here. I want you to see, number one, that his faith was required. His faith was required. Look at verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. I want you to think about the shock of this discovery. Um, Joseph? Yes, Mary. There's something I've got to tell you. Can you imagine? Now, it's very important for us to look back. See, we have a culture now that has so diminished morality and standards that this is, a, this is an everyday occurrence now. It was not an everyday occurrence when Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, how many of you are thankful for God's forgiveness? Amen. I'm so thankful for that. But imagine the shock of this discovery. She was found with child. The the shock to Joseph of the sudden discovery, it it must have crashed in on him. Why? He's he's engaged. He's espoused to her. And we're going to talk about that. In a second, all of his plans, his hopes, his dreams had just come tumbling down like a house of cards. Imagine the devastation. Have you ever been heartbroken? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Any of you who, you you, you were serious with any of you guys, you were serious with a girl and she thought she was the one. That happened to me. I, I thought this girl was the one And she dropped me like a hot potato. Why? (laughs) All you ladies are saying, oh, let me count the ways. 
And it's funny now, but at that moment, I was devastated. Now, here's the good news. Laura is 10 times the lady this other girl was. I'm sure she's a fine girl, but she's not Laura. But at the moment, I was sick. I was sick. And that was just a girl telling me she wasn't interested in me anymore. Imagine if the one you've invested your life in, all of a sudden, you know you've not been with her, and she's found with child. Imagine the devastation. There are two clauses in this account that that pull in opposite directions. So look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. He's a just man. This means that Joseph had believed God. Now remember, he wasn't believing in the death, burial, and resurrection. Why? Jesus hadn't been born yet. The teaching of the death, burial, and resurrection hadn't been given yet. He had to believe what God had told him, that the Messiah was coming, that the Bible is true, that that a blood sacrifice was necessary for sin. All of those things had to be delivered, and he had to believe all of those things. And the Bible says, remember, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. That's the only way. That's how Abraham was justified. And here the Bible says that Joseph was being a just man. That that was his nature. That was his being. He was a just man. Just as there was a time in my life when I had to come to the place where I realized that I'm a sinner. And that means that I had violated God's law, not by accident, by choice. And God must punish sin. The Bible in Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so the Bible told me that I had to do something. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says, For with the mouth confession is made to salvation, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and he died on the cross to pay for your sin, that he rose from the dead the third day? But just because he did those things, that doesn't mean that you are born again. Somehow that sacrifice has to be applied to your account. And the way that that is, I quoted the verse, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Salvation is received as a gift. So I I brought my fancy Christmas-looking pen. Noah, come up here for a minute. Come on up here. I wanted to pick a guy that's shorter than me, but that's not going to last very long, is it? Look at this kid stretching out. That is awesome. So I want to make this pen. This is is a a lovely pen. I want to make this pen a gift to you. What do you have to do to make it yours? Just take it. Now, in order to keep it, you've got to wash my car every week for the next 20 years. Why'd you give it back? Because it's not a gift. Thank you. Even Noah, with his limited intellect understands that if you have to work for it, it's a gift. Amen? 
We all understand if you have to work for it, it's not a gift. You cannot earn salvation. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, he saved us. Isn't that wonderful? And what, what Joseph had done was he had received the gift of what? He had received the gift of the law. He had received the gift of the temple. He had received the gift of the sacrifice. He had believed what the Bible said about that sacrifice. And God called him just. Do you know what all that was pointing to? The son that Joseph would come to know. The son that was not from his body. The son that would be his savior. That's what he came to know. And so... Joseph, we see these clauses that seem to be going in opposite directions. Joseph was a just man, and and God declared him a just man. But notice what it also says. A just man and her husband. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, and yet he couldn't just ignore the sin. He couldn't just ignore the betrayal. He couldn't just ignore the impurity. He couldn't do that. But he didn't want to bring public shame to her, so he was going to put her away privately. He didn't want to make a big deal about it. Why? He loved her. It's an amazing story. His faith was required. Again, notice what it says in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. What is espousal? Well, marriages were arranged for individuals by parents, and contracts were negotiated. Isn't that romantic, girls? Imagine, Allie, some guy's dad comes along, talks to your dad. I'll give you three pigs and a goat. Oh, and Paul would say, I've already got these boys. I don't need any more pigs. I've got it. I've got it. Imagine, but that's what the world was. And yet, God was able to bring love into those relationships. And so, marriages were arranged for individuals by parents, and contracts were negotiated. After this was accomplished, the individuals were considered married and were called husband and wife. So, in that espousal period... They are considered husband and wife. And yet, the wife lives with her parents. The husband lives with his parents for a year. Why? So we can make sure that the wife is pure. So we can make sure. After that waiting period, if she is found to be with child in this period, she obviously was not pure, but had been involved in an unfaithful relationship. Therefore, the marriage could be annulled. If, however, the one-year waiting period demonstrated the purity of the bride, the husband would then go to the house of the bride's parents and in a grand processional march lead his bride back to his home. There they would begin to live together as husband and wife and to consummate their marriage physically. You know what's a beautiful picture? The, the Bible talks about the church being the bride of Christ. And what is the Apostle Paul doing? The, the Apostle Paul wants to present the, the church to Christ as a chaste virgin. 
And so what did the father do? What did Jesus Christ do? Jesus is going to his father's house. And, and what's he doing? He, he's let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, ye may be also. And then what happens? We have the marriage supper of the lamb. Isn't that a beautiful picture? And so Jesus Christ is going to take us. And here, what, here's, the, here's the great thing. Do we have any sinners in this room? And yet, this is a beautiful thing. We are completely sinless and pure before the Father because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? But only if you have trusted Christ as your Savior. Only if you are born again. And so, look at what it says in verse 20. But while he thought on these things... Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. We're going to see if faith is required. In a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. While he thought on these things. Can you imagine his mind focused on this? While he thought on these things, he fell asleep. And the Lord came to him in a dream, and told him what was going to happen. You know what I love? The angel of the Lord came to him. Jesus Christ came and talked about himself. That's pretty cool. And that's what's going on. While he thought on these things, God came to him in a dream. God told him that Mary was the one that he had chosen to bring forth his son. Remember Isaiah seven fourteen. Behold, a, a, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. God was going to come. For unto us a, a, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulder. And, and what's his name? Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Do you think some faith was required for Joseph to believe that now imagine when he told someone, Mary is with child. People know they've not been together yet. And people start noticing that Mary is with child. Oh, that's God. Can you imagine? God had said, one time in all of human history, my only begotten son, is going to be born. One time in all of human history, a child will be born without a man having anything to do with it. God said, I will choose a woman, a virgin, and I will choose to bring my son into the world through that virgin. The Holy Spirit of God will overshadow her. The Son of God will be born. He, he will be the seed of woman, just like Genesis 3.15 said. And unlike any other birth ever, in the history of all mankind, and it will never happen again, Joseph had to believe that. Faith was required. When God spoke to Joseph, he let him know that, that this woman Mary, his espoused wife, was the virgin that was prophesied in Isaiah 7.14. And Joseph put his faith in the word of God, and his faith saw him through. Now, certainly none of us will ever be confronted with this same situation. Amen? And yet, and yet, 
There are many times in life when our hearts are broken. We don't fully understand what's happening around us and to us. We wonder as we think on these things, Dear God, am I going to sink? What can I do? God will say to us, The only way you're going to make it is to put your faith in me. Believe me. Trust me. Allow me to see you through it. This is the only way to have victory in those situations. And Joseph had to have that faith. His faith was required. It was not optional. But not only was Joseph's faith required, but Joseph's faith was ridiculed. When Joseph believed God, he knew that he and his family would face derision, would face ridicule. To be ridiculed is to be mocked, to bring scoffing down upon yourself. It is to know that you, it is to know that what you're doing, what you believe, the plan you are following, the plan you are on brings, the path you are on brings the reproach and ridicule of others. Now here's the deal. Mary knew that no man had ever touched her. She knew that. Mary had been faithful. Look at, look at our text. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 23, behold, a virgin shall be with child. So Mary had never been touched by a man. She was was pure, and she knew all her life that this was the truth, that Jesus was the virgin-born Son of God. But the Lord Jesus Christ had to live under cruel and mocking reproach. Hold your place here in Matthew. Go to John chapter 8. Look at what it says in verse 34. Let's look at verse 33. I'm sorry. John chapter 8 and verse 33. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed. So this is Pharisees talking to Jesus. We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. How many of you, Jesus Christ, has made you free from sin? And you're free indeed. We're we're, we're free. All right, so that's what Jesus said. And look at what it says in verse 37. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. Can you imagine having that conversation with somebody? Hey, guys, I know you're getting ready to kill me. You know, that's real. Did they kill him? Yeah. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, 
a man that hath told you the truth which I have heard of God, this is not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, look at what they said, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. They're accusing Jesus Christ of being born of fornication. Here's Jesus, 33 years old. He had to live with that his whole life. And in that culture, that was a heavy weight to bear. But not only did Jesus have to bear it, Mary's husband had to bear it. Joseph. Joseph. It invited, when he believed God, his faith, his faith was ridiculed. Joseph took unto him, look at, let's go back to Matthew chapter 1. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. Took unto him his wife. Because of his faith in God, he was willing to bear that reproach. She knew what they were saying about her. Joseph believed God that there was no man involved in the birth of Christ. He knew in his heart that the promises of God were true. When you are face to face with your greatest fears, when you're in a situation that is desperate, do you believe what God has said is true? You might be in something right now. These holidays, sometimes for certain family situations, man, it's wonderful. Other family situations at Christmas time, it is terrible. My grandmother's father killed himself on Christmas Eve. Do you think that that was a fun time for that family from then on? She was raised basically as a Cinderella in wealthy aunts' homes and scrubbed the floors and did all of that. When we think about what people face at different times in their life, we as believers, those who have the word of God, are we going to believe what it says when the rubber meets the road? Don't be ashamed to be ridiculed for Christ's sake. 1 Peter 4.14 says, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified, if you're reproached for the name of Christ. Do you admire Joseph? I admire Joseph. I admire him for the faith he had in God that enabled him to deal with the ridicule. Young people, when you take a stand for the Lord, people are going to mock you. It might be people in your own family. It'll be people in your class. It might be people in the neighborhood. That's all right. Do what God says. People remember Joseph as a just man and a faithful man. That's a wonderful way to be remembered. But God did more than that. He blessed him in an amazing way. Sometimes the spirit of ridicule can make it into the church. When you're doing what you're doing for the Lord, when you're obeying God, when you know what God wants, you can keep marching forward no matter what people are saying or doing. His faith was ridiculed, but he kept pressing on. His faith was required, obviously. His faith was ridiculed horribly. But his faith was rewarded tremendously. What did God reward him with? God rewarded him with a wife who loved the Lord. Now, we think that Joseph probably died before Jesus Christ's earthly ministry. And yet, he knew 
He knew who Jesus Christ was. Can you imagine what it's like teaching Jesus Christ? Um, son, that board's not smooth enough. Son, that, you got to get that, that squared up. Or, or was Jesus able to say, Dad, <laughs> he's six. Dad, uh, I don't think that board's smooth enough. I don't know. I don't know. But can you imagine having Jesus Christ for your son? Can you imagine having a son that is that well-behaved? I've never had to experience that. What an amazing thing. How did God reward his faith? He got to see Jesus grow. How many of you would love to be with Christ? I'm not saying you want to die today. I'm saying, how many of you would love to have Jesus physically right with you? You could walk with him and see him and talk to him. Joseph got to do that every day for the rest of his life. Is that a reward? Wow. Wow. God rewarded him with a wife who loved the Lord. God rewarded him with the privilege to lead his family. And God rewarded him by providing for his needs. But God rewarded him ultimately by entrusting him with the Lord of glory. Okay, how many dads do we have here? Raise your hand, your dad. How many of you remember the first time they handed you that bundle? And the, you ladies, you know immediately how to hold it. For me, I'm like Tony Romo with the football, you know, chasing all over the place, my kids rolling down the stairs and all of that. Imagine the first time that he held that baby. He knew this is God in flesh. Can you imagine how nervous he was to hold that child? I think of him, when we think of a carpenter, we think of Kevin West. But this, they're working with rocks, you know, Fred Flintstone stuff. They're working with rocks and wood. And you can imagine his, his, Joseph's big, rough hands. And any of you who have done that kind of work, you know that sometimes it becomes very difficult to do the, the tiny movements. And here he is holding the Savior of the world. That's a pretty good reward. Joseph's faith was required. Joseph's faith was ridiculed. And Joseph's faith was rewarded. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. What's interesting is, the only way we can come to God is by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The only way you can come to the Father is by faith. The only way you can live is by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And I promise you this, the only way you can be happy in this life is by faith. Amen? Some of you have faced devastating realities in your life. 
But what God says is still true. He loves you. He has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. And as has been said, life is nothing but the dressing room for eternity. Life is short. What is life? It's but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And then what happens is your faith becomes sight. Wouldn't it be good to see Jesus face to face? My dad would tell this often. Some of you know my dad was a pastor. and Fanny Crosby wrote many hymns, and she was blind. And she wrote songs about the first face she would ever actually see is Jesus Christ's face. Isn't that amazing? And yet, the first face we will ever see when our faith becomes sight is that of Jesus Christ. He's coming back. If he doesn't, we will all die at some point and go to see him. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? See, Joseph's faith was rewarded. Your faith will also be rewarded. Amen? The opposite is also true. Revelation 21.8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving, that's those without faith, and abominable and idolaters and sorcerers and whoremongers, And all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God could have asked us to do anything to have eternal life. He could have asked us for our firstborn son. That's what he gave us. He he could have asked us for all of our wealth. He could have asked us for 90% of our wealth. He could have asked us for 10% of our wealth to be saved. He didn't ask any of that. You know what he asked? Faith. He asked us to have faith. Do you believe? Joseph believed. It was required. His his faith, it was ridiculed, but his faith was rewarded. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this amazing account in the scriptures. Lord, I love to think about it. I, I I can't even comprehend what it was like for Joseph.